Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life, books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay, okay we're ready. And yeah. books are sexy. We are recording now. Ellen, do you want to introduce us? We're not done. I know, but we got to pop the bottle so she can have some bubbles. Get your microphone well, close to you. Welcome to the podcast, Brit Wants Bubbles. <laughs> you offered the bubbles. You can't just be all snotty about it. I'm not being snotty to Brit. I'm being snotty to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, how else am I supposed to give I'm her the glad bubbles? Brit's here. How else I am I supposed to give her the bubbles? Okay. Pop it. Okay, I'm popping it. Oh, that's shit. pretty good. That was fast. I felt like a whoosh over my face. Okay. Oh, I get first pour. Of course. Uh, questionably clean mug. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a teacher. I'm used to it, right? Like, I think I just, like, spit cleaned a lot of my own coffee mugs over here. Pour me some. That's pretty good. Yeah. This is... Petite Royale. Petite. Petite Royale. Lambert de Cécile. Dupois, 1901. Method. Traditional. Amanda likes the traditional method, right? Mm, that's pretty good. So, crisp, complex, savvy. No, it's like very much fruity still. It's good. Yeah. It's, I don't like them too, Jack. I don't know what Savio Yard treat from Cicel, a town. Oh, that's, Google that shit. It's Savio Yard. Is it from this town in Cicel? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, yard. it's a product of France. So, all that matters, I was told, it has to be dry and has to be French. Boom, diggity. I love the label on this. It is pretty. It looks fancy. Rachel is giving herself the most generous pour. I'm not classy. It's all bubbles. Britt, you should scooch in so we can definitely hear you well. I just said I'm not classy. I did not give myself the most generous. It's booze, I drink it. <laughs> it's Britt would booze, be good I drink it. <laughs> Same. <laughs> not real. Like not I real say, choosy. You only get to be a snob about one thing. <laughs> I know. What All right. Doing this video? What's everybody reading? Britt, what are you reading right now? Ooh, I am reading The Black Queen. Um, it's coming out um, very soon, or it just came out. It's going to be my staff pick for March. It's a brand new YA pick by um, an up-and-coming uh, black author. And it really has a lot of kind of satisfying teenage drama. It's about a homecoming queen, um, kind of race and a rivalry going on in the school. Um, but it's fantastic, and I I really like it. I think it's going to be a pretty big hit, and the cover is freaking phenomenal. It's, it's pretty amazing. And then I am reading... Um, Oh, I've got to look up the title. I think it's called Home on the Prairie. And it is um, by Melissa Gilbert. If you don't know, she played Laura in the (laughs) 1970s classic television. If you're an 80s child, the show you watched when you were homesick from school, Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) Okay, last year on my Girls Weekend, my friend Amber did a whole presentation on why Pa is the hottest. (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, Tyler and I watched like the first episode of Little House on the Prairie, like I don't know, a couple years ago, and we're like, "This is the best shit ever." I was obsessed with it. Peacock, if you're interested, I totally watched it when I was homesick. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like usually on around lunchtime. That's what you did. You'd watch it, and The Price Is Right. Totally. It's really good. I mean, if you know her sister, Sarah Gilbert, who was famous actress in Roseanne and then did the show, I think it's called The Talk for a while with Sharon Osbourne and all that. So it's really just about what it's like. Oh, I didn't know that was her sister. Yeah, they are siblings. What it's like in like being in like a, you know, childhood actors in that time period. And also then she moved back out to a remote area during COVID and kind of about like finding yourself again in the simplicity of life. So... It's um, it's good. It's good. I am sucker for like a celebrity memoir. Same. I I eat them up. So I've got a little YA drama and celebrity memoir action going. Sounds good. What are you what? reading, Ray Ray? 
Get the Off My Lawn, a Regency rom-com with a swan problem. Okay, you had a vague accent when you said that, and I would like you to lean into it a little bit more. So um, try again. Get the Off My Lawn. <laughs> is it a British story? It is a British. It's no, Regency. Okay. I, I don't know if that. I don't know if that's. A that's British not even accent. a British accent. No, I, I don't know. No, that's that's what they give to me a French accent, no? Oh, that was real bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Um. Yeah. No. Uh. So yeah. Get the off my lawn. Uh, Regency <laughs> rom com with the swamp problem. It is a little tiny book. Uh, recommended by Katie, our bookseller. She gave me the best description of this book. I've not read it yet. I. But she's like, like imagine you are into swan husbandry. Which, if you don't know what swan husbandry is, it's basically you're trying to mate swans. Imagine your swans get off your property and end up in someone else's pond. But, yes. But then you think it's your swan, but then it's not your swan. And then you get caught, but you get stuck in the pond. And then imagine. And then, like a chapter later, you're having sex in a bathtub. And the guy's like, you know what? I have a bathtub and you need a bath. <laughs> Basically. And so imagine so an that you, adventure book, you instead of going back slippery. home to take a bath. This was <laughs> <laughs> I look. Whee! It is it's way better than I thought it was going to be. I kind of was skeptical because I just was with the concept of it from being told by Katie, but it is a delight. I think the concept is genius. It's so good. Sometimes when books are super absurd, you know, it's kind of like you're talking about that American Mermaid book a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I love that shit. Like, oh yeah, some- Britt's a solid listener of the podcast, so it's kind of exciting to have yeah, her here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, she listens to it more than I do. <laughs> and my ki- my kids are reluctantly because this is what I turn on on the way to school. So, um- so I listen, Mo. What's up? <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Your so, mom's getting drunk. You know, like, the, the sometimes when you need an absurd book, like I was a palate cleanser. You just need to, like, yeah. read something absolutely ridiculous. And I did just finish Venko, so it is kind of a nice little, just like, that was such a good book. So, did you love Venko? I did love Venko. Oh, my God, I love Venko, too. I didn't think I was going to, to be quite honest. Okay. But it was so good, and I want more. Do you think there's going to be a sequel? I think it's set up to possibly have a sequel. Yeah. It's about this group of witches, but they have to come together. They each are kind of on their own path. It's like witchy, but not witchy. It's witchy, but not witchy, but it's super feminist. It's super intersectional. Yep. It's amazing. And it's got like such really cool characters and really well-developed characters. And it's got a level of snark to it that Mm -hmm. I quite enjoy. I was most impressed with the personalities of every single one of those characters because you know sometimes the writing can just blend but with such a large cast I loved every single one of them see I've got a theory with like books like this and when women were dragons and like all these things coming back is they know that like a big big reading market is like that 25 to 45 woman and what did we watch when we were younger we watched some Buffy we watched some Charm <laughs> we watched that's where my son Wyatt's name comes from my favorite line in was when she said call me butter because I'm on a roll Oh, oh God. Yeah. That's like the only episode of Charmed I ever watched, but I still say that. I liked Charmed a lot. It was yeah. like the show that I would watch when I was homesick because it was on. But it was kind of like that feminist. The 90s. <laughs> we watched Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. Oh, no. I loved Little House <laughs> this, on the Prairie. I watched this was the my shit young adulthood fantasy, like second. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I loved Little House on the Prairie. I also watched the crap out of 90210, but also those okay. were like my sick day shows because it was like what was on during the day. True, true. <laughs> See, I was still in high school when 90210 was on. So, yeah. My high school had a time. Well, no, it was. I was still in elementary. There was a different 90210. By the time I was like, <laughs> but you I were like Saved by the Bell. The next, I the new class. oh my god, no, that's trash. I like my morning <laughs> show. My morning we like show was Saved by the Bell. Like we had to sit through Screech no, and his pedophile mania. That was we my morning that. show, and then I was a solid Nick at Night watcher. So like, I would watch oh. The Nanny and George Lope. Like those shows were my jam. I love Nick at Night. When I was a kid, it was like the Dick Van Little Dyke House, show. Lu- I love Lucy. And I love Lucy <laughs> and the Mary Tyler Moore. Show. Um, Laverne yeah. and Shirley. Yeah, yeah. no, mine Which, was like 
the original Bewitched. Just oh. good. You know what I used to watch when I came home from school is um, the Brady Bunch. Oh yep. Mm. Every day the Brady Bunch was on. <laughs> yep. About four thirty. That CD was the soundtrack of my childhood. From the Brady when the, Bunch. CD. Yeah. The Brady Bunch soundtrack. <laughs> yes, from like when they had their movie. Um, it's a sunshine day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a weird childhood. So like it was like I I watched these wholesome things, but we were like really not like religious. And my my parents thought that the Brady Bunch was like too wholesome. Like, no, 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 no. Oh, funny. <laughs> but my sister was obsessed with Seventh Heaven, so they probably would have like, hated raunchy that. She was um uh Dr. Quinn medicine woman Ooh, because Sully yeah. never wore a shirt. My, my friend was like, named no, after her. <laughs> that's inappropriate. Because her first name's Michaela, yeah. My friend was named after her. Yeah. So. Um, we used to tease my dad for watching Xena Warrior Princess mm. because obviously he wasn't in it for the plot. <laughs> and he was supposed to be here today and he bailed. So this is, we're calling you out, Boo. Ken. Papa Moore, you're going to be here next week and we're going to talk about Xena. Yeah. So, Venko. Yeah. I'm saying it's got a following. Like, it's got, like, a fan base. It's so good. Yeah, I um, Everyone should it. read it. And I don't usually read, like, a ton of witchy fantasy types of things, but I loved it. It's a good one that's good for more than just, you know, spooky season. Because I know yeah. there are a lot of mood re- readers out there and seasonal readers. It's a good one to not just stick into that time of year. And I don't know that I would categorize it. I don't know that I would put it in fantasy or if I would put it in fiction. I, it's a book right. that could live in a lot of places. Right. It's so, so that's it's good because I don't read a lot of adult fantasy, but yeah. I'll dabble in like I liked when women were dragons. I liked yeah. I like fantasy when it's with a purpose. Like there's like a a point this to is, it, and there's you know? not, I mean, it's witches, but there's actually not a lot of, like, magic. There's, like, zero magic-y to it's, it. And when the magic's happening, you're like, wait, It's like the this power is of it? women together. Yes. Yeah. That's what it is. It's uh, doing something with purpose. That's literally, like, what, it's like, what is your purpose? And then there's, like, actual religious, like, bits to it of genuine, like, you know, saying the Lord's Prayer and stuff that, and, like, Hail Marys. I'm like, mm. huh, interesting. And then also they think Oprah's a witch, but. Well, speaking of religious weird stuff. Yeah, what are you reading? Well, I read in, I wouldn't say in one sitting. I read it in one day. I read it yesterday. The Hacienda. Oh, Tanvi Yeah. It is so good. The writing is superb. Wasn't okay. it in like the top 10 by like NPR or like one of those Possibly. Two, yeah. and, and I, <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. But it could have been. Yeah. But it's. Like, the writing is so good, and it's scary as fuck. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a ghost story. And Ooh, it takes that... place, like, 1820s, Mexico, right after the War for Independence. This woman is, like, <clears throat> her father is has been killed, and she's kind of lost everything. And so she marries this rich guy um, with, like, that's her only real shot at a future. And she moves to his hacienda out in the country, and... That hacienda is haunted as fuck. <laughs> okay, so and there's a love story. See, I struggle with like period pieces, so that's oh, the only reason why I've avoided it. I do, I do, and I really do too. That's the only reason why I haven't picked it up yet because I trust Tommy and I like myself a little mystery. That's usually one of my genres. I read a lot of, mm-hmm. but every time I picked it up, I was like, I don't know, period piece. I don't. Know. I'm not into. I don't do a lot of period pieces either, but you should try it. Okay. It's so good. So this kind of makes me think like into what we're going to discuss today too. A solid comp for this would be Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. Oh, I've been selling that to a lot of schools. So Brit, if you're selling it, you've got to read it. And Mexican Gothic, like historical, historical fiction, not my jam always, but when I find one, I'm like, yes, this is it. I also think like if you, and this is not, this is just being, this is generalizing, but it seems to me in talking to customers who come into the store who are fans of historical fiction, a lot of people who read very heavily in historical fiction tend to focus on like one era. Oh, yeah. yeah. They kind of have like a thing. Like, I, w- I would admit that's like, me. I spread like it the 60s out. and 70s, but that's about... I like yeah. 60s and 70s. Unfortunately, the 90s is becoming historical yeah. fiction. Tragic. I actually really enjoy like... Um, like, I don't really get into the Bridgerton era type Mm-mm. stuff, but this, like, 1800s, Mexico, Southwest, I don't know if it's because, 
my family is from the Southwest, but I like that whole like desert, you know, like the whole mood of it. It like, doesn't seem like there's it. a lot out there of it. So it's not like you've been oversaturated with the yeah. concept of it either. So a good comp to the Hacienda, which is a book I also love. This is one of the few books Amanda and I disagree on and readers should read it so that they can vote on who's right about whether this is an excellent <laughs> book and the truth that I'm right. It's an excellent book. It's called Inland by Taya O'Brien. Oh, I know that cover. It's yes. an amazing book and it takes place in like 1800s Arizona territory. Hmm. I am kind of interested. So I'm going to have to check it out. And also ghosty. Ghosty? But not in the same way as the Hacienda. Okay. Inland is not like won't scare you. Is this like, you know, dead wife in the attic, spirit no. ghost shit? No. Okay. No. Okay. All right. Well, the Hacienda kind of. We've been <laughs> I, 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 the Hacienda is oh, a little bit. Oh, there it is. We've been issued but homework. Is not. Yes. Inland is not. Yes, all of you do homework. You need to read tell us and vote. And tell us what Ellen you think. or Amanda, who's right? It's yeah. not a very long book. Get it at your uh, at your www.dogearedbooks.com or Libro FM, uh, Libro FM slash dogeared books or bookshop bookshop I can't talk anymore. Bookshop.org we think slash dogeared books possibly. <laughs> I mean, if you could just like sling it our way, that's like what we're yeah. saying. And then also, if you can't go to your library, we love mm-hmm. the libraries too. Okay, yes, what next? Do. Oh. Are we reading anything else? Is, have we covered what we're reading? I think so. I'm still reading Our Missing Hearts by Celestine. That's become my sort of like, I'm picking it up as I'm driving kids around, that kind of thing. It's really good. When I was visiting bookstores in like Cedar Rapids, Iowa City this weekend, one of my friends was asking me, she, like, she's like, does anybody know if this is good yet? I'm like, my boss was reading it, but I don't think she's finished it yet. I'll follow up with you when I know. It's very Our Missing good. Hearts is good. I mean, I liked it. I don't. I like Celeste. I like her other stuff a little better. I thought it was pretty good. I think for me, um, I get a little like our world is ending saturated. So I tend to not read books where it's like, hey, we're in a political mess and everything sucks. And this is what could happen <laughs> if, you know, everything took off, which is great. I think I just tend not to like. That's not my break. Like, I need to take a break. But Fair. I just picked up Nick Stone has a new book coming out for YA lovers. Nick Stone wrote uh, Dear Martin and Dear Justice. And um, they have a book called Chaos Theory coming out here. Oh, cool. And I uh, just picked up that arc off our shelves so I can recommend it to certain certain people. So Sweet. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Good reading, everybody. Excellent. Tubular. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, period language. Uh, yeah, look at period. us. Period. Look at this historical <laughs> tribute right now. You're historical, I hope you know. <laughs> I know. I'm aware. <laughs> seasoned. Oh, we've seasoned. Got, we've got fun. patina, as they say. If you didn't grow up in the 90s, you won't know what that means. No. Um, actually, not American true. Unless pickers. you, or if you watched uh, the Met Gala last year and Blake Lively's dress did a transformation as in tribute to the Statue of Liberty because well, it's well, pa- Liberty, Liberty, because it's patinaed. Mm-hmm. So if you youngins who think watching the Met Gala walkthrough, like me, is the best. Because it's so fun looking at all the like. That's still pretty designs. old, Rachel. I don't think anybody's watching that. No, <laughs> the use. I, I was just telling my friends I'm on the borderline. Donald Trump well, loves the Met Gala, Rachel. No, he doesn't. He's yes, not he invited. does. I bet he does. He's not invited, but he loves mm. it. I don't know if he's not invited, but I'm just assuming. Guys, if you no, got invited, the Met Gala is like really cool. If I would go, oh hell yeah! What would you? Could I design your dress? But you don't know how to sew, so no. I said design. I didn't say sew. Okay, well. My mom can sew it. <laughs> I, it'd have to fit with the theme. Okay. Like, when the theme was camp a couple years ago, and literally someone wore a tent, I'm like, no. What are you doing? Like, nobody understood what camp You'd be a means. S'more. No, I would not be. <laughs> Ellen. I know well, what ooh, camp Ellen, means. Ellen, <laughs> actually. No, no, no. I know you know. But this, okay. Look up this year's theme. 
sketch me out a dress. We'll post it on um, like part of the social post for this. And you'll have to tell me if I should let Ellen, um, like if already, we should let Ellen's mom make I me this dress or not. I know that people are going to say yes. No. Or if you think you have a uh, better. Carl Lagerfeld, a line of beauty. Wait, what? That's what it says. Oh, it's just a tribute to him. Carl Lagerfeld. Oh, he was oh. like the head of Chanel forever. He also uh, has a line. Oh, that'll be. I should like, know that. But that's like a weird. Usually there's, that usually there's a better <laughs> theme. Usually there's a better theme. Oh, yeah. I'm, okay. He's got the white ponytail. He also has a fluffy cat. Look at you. Yeah. I'm, Guys, Rachel knows things. I'm like aware. Okay. Oh, look at, look at that with the cat. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, his, we could do. I could design something like that. Okay, no. But what's the theme, though? That is the Met theme. Carl Lagerfeld? No. A line of beauty. Okay, so that's... That is the theme. The a theme line. is a line of beauty. So make me sketch me a design in that theme and listeners you want to be aligned see if you can make ellen a dress for the met gala or an outfit doesn't have to be a dress no other shit to do (laughs) (laughs) no but we want to see what our met gala outfits were if you do it um we'll send you a sticker i'm designing it right hey ellen can we send them a sticker if they do it (laughs) (laughs) line of beauty a line of beauty. It can't just be lines with the word beauty. That's lame. Okay, Cop okay. out. It's not going to be. Oh, she's like drawing it now. No, you have to think on it and take time. I am. Do you think they'll wear like, I don't know, like like the referee outfit like from the basketball game? <laughs> I hope not. That's not beautiful. There. <clears throat> okay, I will post a picture of Ellen's <laughs> sketch. Can I see that, please? I need to take a photo. Um... If I wasn't going to be a bookstore owner, I would be a fashion designer. <laughs> Does my hair have to be like that? Yes. yes. It's part of the outfit. Don't have, complain. Don't judge the era. <laughs> You're not the expert You're in fashion. The it's like. Context. The side pony is a major part of like, it. It's <laughs> like. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, Thank you, Britt. This part is of a, the this is an episode about history. I'm, no offense. I'm kind of not that impressed. Like, I would have thought there'd be. More to it besides a line well, your of your name. Well, your personality is going to make you know up what? for the simplicity. Simple is mm-hmm. tasteful. Okay, but she the Met Gala is to be bold. Let that be a lesson to you, Rachel. We've gotten off topic. Look at me keeping us back on track. <laughs> Stop talking. This topic <laughs> is history. Stop <laughs> thinking. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Dear Lord. Okay. So today... Oh, I had to swallow my bubbles. Yikes. Today... We are talking about what you should read if you liked some really popular books. So we know that sometimes you get in a reading rut, or maybe you don't consider yourself an avid reader, but you like some books. So we're seeing some trends in our store where people come in and they're asking for specific titles, and they will often say to us, I'm just getting back into reading, or I haven't read in a long time, or I'm trying to get into reading. And so what we want to do is sort of piggyback off these popular titles, and if you're one of these people, let you think about what else you could consider. Um, if you're really trying to get back into reading. So we're going to start with like the big seller right now. Okay. Coco. Colleen Hoover. Colleen Hoover. We God bless her soul. Are Not to be confused with the person who invented the vacuum cleaner. Or no. the dam. No, Colleen This is a Hoover different is, Hoover. We're he gonna, he didn't invent the dam. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! This is she or, was an educator. Or, I swear, or invented the president. This is mm-hmm. a history lesson. <laughs> and the Hoovers were from Iowa. Fun fact. Oh shit! Mic drop, Rachel. I mean, Coco's kind of controversial for bookstore yes. lovers and and booksellers like us. I mean, there's like a great part of it. One. I don't see a lot of, I also work at um, a local university here. I don't see a lot of students reading for pleasure, but when I do, it's typically Colleen Hoover. Yep. And part of me is just like really excited that they're taking time out of their day to read for pleasure. I would agree with and that. Just, and when we see the young people come into our store from the university and they're grabbing them, I'm like, good for you for going out, going to a bookstore, getting something fun and just like enjoying in a good book. And they are popular that- amongst high school kids too. We get lots of requests through our school sales. Like, yeah. What do you have with Colleen Hoover? What can I offer? And we've sold a decent amount. Heartbones, we 
the day it came out last week, we had two teachers request it. So, I mean. And it is because of TikTok, which Mm -hmm. that's fine. But our hope is that that it's a start to finding other books to to keep your love of yes. reading now, going. Colleen Hoover has a lot of books out mm-hmm. and is now like sort of ramping up the pace at which she's publishing because I know this because I've been ordering for the summer. And yeah. I'm seeing she's, some Colleen Hoover and some Colleen Hoover collabs. She's becoming okay. like the Danielle Steele, James Patterson. Yeah. And so if you like Colleen Hoover, there's lots more Colleen Hoover mm-hmm. to consume. But... We would direct your attention to other authors, too, because I think what you like about Colleen Hoover, you could probably find in other places, too. So I did compare Colleen, Colleen Hoover also, to Nora Roberts, and my friend was like, don't you dare speak <laughs> about Nora Roberts like that. I'm like, okay, well, always when we're doing comps, I, I think yeah. the caveat, right, is like, what are you really comparing? What are you loving versus... What do you, what do you like yeah. about the book? Did you like mm-hmm. the way it made you feel? Did you like the content, the issues that it discussed? These comps, I think, are more about, like, the vibes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. Than, like, the actual plot. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> because Colleen Hoover is a lot of, like, intense, dramatic romance, I believe. And people who are coming into relationships with fraught problems already. Right. Like, they're, like, damaged goods And romance. sometimes there's trauma w- yeah. involved. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what... Is a good comp, you think, Rachel, for these Colleen fans? So. The Coco fans. Coco <laughs> fans. In my research, um, one book that came up, um, and this was also in one of our recent blog posts um, as a recommendation for a romance read, was Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. So there's two people, and she is like a single mom best-selling erotica oh. writer, and they're at oh. a literary conference, and then she's um, there at the same time with this guy who he's reclusive and enigmatic, and of um, yes. he's like a very literary Free. author, and uh, so please. they kind of unexpectedly get back together, and you know things start. Coming. They get like, back together? Well, no, they come together unexpectedly at this event. Okay. Oh, okay. And they, like, sparks are kind of flying. You know, there's, like, something there. Mm-hmm. But then you later learn that. he's like, I'm a dude and you write erotica and I think this is what you want me to do to you. Oh, is it a little bit of that? I don't know. I haven't read the book. <gasps> this kind of reminds me. I'm going of off of a recommendation from my research. If you like to read YA too, there's a YA book called Queens of Geek, and it reminds me of this too. Like two people meet at a Comic Con, <laughs> and she's uh, a neurodivergent like Comic Con, like um, you know, like um, when they when they write like on the internet, like just for like their fans, fanfic, fanfic, and um, she's trying to kind of pump herself up to go out and like meet people at this event and she ends up vibing with some guy at this comic-con and so it's like a ya version of that called queens of geek it's a cute pink cover okay well this is a little more dramatic so like if you just took the sex (laughs) if you took like the sex out of this there's a ya version well so these two actually even no one knows this they actually met 20 years earlier as teenagers what plot twist shocking um so and it's uh just got a lot of um, commentary and insight into black life and modern motherhood. Um, It's like the past love thing too, which I think is a part of It Ends With Us. It's a second chance romance in a way. Yeah. So it's, um, according to this description, it's like humorous, warm, and deeply sensual. So, um, but it's kind of a cool insight too. Like um, this is, it's worded as like the black literati of New York. So that's a, cool. it's a pretty good, um, from what I hear. So I know Mariah story. has read this book. She yeah. was telling me about it recently and she's got great taste and she really enjoyed it. So you don't uh, think I Williams, have great taste? I listened to the podcast, Rude. um, higher learning with Van Latham and Rachel Lynn Lindsay. And they talk about Tia Williams a lot and like her role in like the black, uh, Rachel Lindsay state. from bachelor. Correct. They have a podcast and it's really great. They talk about black culture and black pop culture and important things in the news. Oh, that's cool. And it's a great podcast. And often they'll talk about books they're reading. Cause they both have a book that came out this year and they were talking about Tia Williams and, um, how Tia Williams is trying to like, as a black woman kind of crack into like the romance writing sphere. That's pretty much dominated by white women. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to disagree with that. Um, even when I go through our shelves, I can just see the gaps. I'm like of the stories I want, Mm -hmm. but I'm not seeing yet, but 
I would never be able to write them because it's not my story to ever write. So I look forward to seeing more um, women or individuals break into that. Yeah, and we we have a wonderful we do black we do writer here in Central Iowa, Denise Williams, mm-hmm. and her books are so they're amazing, and she also just writes in like a really body positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, so check her out for sure. She's yeah. the real deal. And she's a lover of indie bookstores and we love her right back. Absolutely. And we really like, especially in the romance section, like highlighting different romance stories other than like, you know, your typical white woman romance. So I like, I'm really proud of seeing what we have, but I can't wait to see more. And it's, you know, I can't wait to see publishers doing the work that needs to be done to diversifying their publications. Agreed. They're, they're, they're getting there. There's progress. There's a lot of work to be done, but mm-hmm. progress. So another comp to Colleen Hoover is kind of also, I wouldn't call it a second chance romance, um, but it is about sort of past love and past connection. One of my all-time favorite books, Beautiful Ruins by Jess Walter. Mm. Have either of you read this? I now? haven't yet, but I've wanted oh, to read God, it for so, so long. I you like, a lot of romance, too. Like I, It's, it's not in it's the not romance, romance section. But like I don't mind it once I'm reading it, because I've yeah. loved dead romantics and a few others. Yeah. It's, not rom- it's not in the romance yeah. section. And I, I don't know that I would call it a romance. It's a... It's about connection. So, and it's kind of like if you like old Hollywood, you might enjoy mm, it. Mm-hmm. So, it's sort of like there's this present day and like 1960s, I think it's been years since I read it, um, alternate timelines. And it's like the, during the filming of Cleopatra, which starred Liz Taylor. I was going to say, wasn't that Elizabeth Taylor? Yeah. And it was filming in Italy. And so the main character is this guy, Pascal, who owns his family's hotel in like rural beachside Italy called the Hotel Adequate View. Okay. (laughs) And one day this woman who's an extra in Cleopatra shows up and she's ill. And so they're housing her there and she's pregnant and she's become pregnant by Richard Burton. <laughs> is this based off a true story? No, it's not oh, a okay. true story. Okay. But anyway, um, she and Pascal, she's only there for a short time. And they don't have a romance, but they have this really beautiful connection and understanding of one another. Mm-hmm. And Aww. then they part See, that is a romance, though. It's like it where is. you're... It is. It's longing, right? Yeah. Like, it's a longing. But no, it's like satisfying. the... Even, like, with a friendship, it's like a one true love of your friendship. Yeah, it's kind of like the book um, Everything, Everything by Nicola yeah. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is about sort of, like, that fleeting connection and how powerful that can be. So Absolutely. Like in this book... Um, it's like, will their past meet again in the future? They both go on, they get married, they have lives. And I. It's what's so beautiful is about how in that moment in their lives, they were what each other needed. And that connection was so powerful. And even though they lost touch and they did not communicate after that, and it was only for a short while, how, how I guess, pivotal in each of their lives that relationship was. And it's, this book is funny and it's so beautiful. Like I bawled at the end of it. So if you like Colleen Hoover, it ends with us. Consider these other ones because I think you will enjoy them too. Okay. Next we're talking about Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Sort of this long-lasting bestseller lives on the bestseller list. The movie helped that, but it was on the bestseller list. Yeah, it was already there before the movie. It it remains. Um, So we've got some comps here. You want to talk about The Light Pirate by Lily Brooks Dalton? So yeah, The Light Pirate by Lily Brooks Dalton. Um, I believe Bailey was the first one to really kind of point out the comparisons. Or maybe it was Mariah. It was one of the two. They've just got such great insight to books. And so basically point out the comparisons of the Florida environment. Um, I mean, the Light Pirate has some different um, sort of post-apocalyptic vibes to it. But um, just it's you're in that Florida environment in that like sort of dark emotional it's um, coming of age yeah coming of age that's it survival yep um and beautiful nature writing and getting through like being able to make it through so and it's really kind of about like 
you know, it's basically a climate change novel. Yes. Right. Like what yep. happens when nature sort of reclaims. Yeah. Uh, because we've fucked up so bad. Exactly. And um, if you. So Florida is like no longer Florida, right? It's underwater. Most and, of it. Yeah. Um, like you've lost you to, California. You've lost other parts. Like there's islands that no longer exist out there anymore. And it's just. It's very disheartening. And it's, we've talked about it before on the podcast, too. Yeah, so I mean, it's kind of about the necessity of, like, there's a risk when you care for others and when you mm-hmm. work together to survive. Like, mm-hmm. putting your trust in other people is a risk, but it's also, like, really the only thing that makes life worth living. Mm-hmm. And it's very much about that. Um, but if you liked, like, the tone of where the crawdads sing, this is very much in that vein. Yeah. Um, another one I recommend all the time to people who like Where the Crawdads Sing is The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. She wrote The Nightingale, which everybody loves. My, Firefly. Uh, yeah, yeah. My opinion is that The Great Alone is her best novel. And it takes place in like rural Alaska, kind of survivalist family, also coming of age. Kristen Hanna actually grew up in Alaska. So she writes Alaska really beautifully. So if you kind of like that stark landscape, like, Survived to in a way. Yeah. I've got a weird Alaska obsession. I do. You so then you it. need to read Seaplane on Final Approach. I oh, tried. Fuck yeah. I tried. Oh. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I wasn't into it. Brit, I freaking love that book so much, and I just want everybody to love it. I tried. <clears throat> gave it a good try. Gave okay. Good, All gave right. it the good Brit go. I gave it a good try. And I I only abandoned like two books a year. Oh thought, shit. I'd carried it around in my purse like a long time and I just it wasn't Ugh. a personality match for me. It just wasn't. Okay. So. Okay, fine. I guess it's fine. <laughs> All right. Lastly, I would suggest The Language of Flowers. I had a previous coworker at my last job talk to me about this book it's and a, how much she thinks I would love it. It's a really lovely story. It's by Vanessa Diffenbaugh. Again, it's been several years since I've read it. Um, but it's about this girl who grows up in foster care and then she ages out of the system and she takes a job working for a florist. And she learns the Victorian language of flowers, like what flowers are associated with which emotions. And she develops this talent for like helping people like find flowers for themselves or to others based on the language of the flowers. Mm. And then she forms this relationship. And but she's got this past, you know, this this horrible past. And so it's it's a story about like um like in where the crawdads sing you know there's like sort of that long lasting love but it's very difficult and this is the same same sort of thing sad it's about overcoming a a difficult past and learning to like love somebody so books to make you a little bit sad but also happy yeah Mm-hmm. So I think those are all good comps to where the crawdads sing. Yeah. So next we have, I feel like it's been, I feel like it's been on the bestsellers for so long and for good reason too, but it's Song of Achilles. And I love a retelling and especially anything mythology based retelling. And this one is like the romance just stole my heart. Um, but recently I read a retelling that, well, it's not really retelling, but it was like a new take on, it was a new take on the Ramyon. I think that's how you say it. Um, and it's called Kayaki by Vishnavi Patel and Holy Biscuits. This, I, this was my favorite book last year of 2023, 2022. This is not regular biscuits. Not, this is holy biscuits. they are holy <laughs> biscuits. No, but seriously, like. What? Even regular biscuits are good. It was just yeah. giving a new... I'm going to have biscuits tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about the book and how much I love it. Also... Do you butter your biscuits or you gravy them? What about honey? Do you put honey on your uh, biscuits? Yeah, that's true too. Honey and jam. Okay, go Guys, on. I'm so hungry right Holy now. This biscuits. is not nice. Have a pastry. I already had one earlier. Okay. Okay. First of all, Vishnavi Patel is besties with R.F. Kwong, you know, oh, of the Papiwar yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Babel. Okay, okay. So respect her because she's fucking amazing Can I be and in your friend group i know i'm like <laughs> i love you guys so much i want to be your friend I'll um, Rachel. <laughs> yeah everyone else <laughs> um friends with you guys. anyways so it's a it's giving a new perspective into a story that um like many people know from reading the ramyon and um it just was such a cool 
perspective of this young woman who became queen and um, was the stepmother to Rama. And, um, she, you know, she eventually exiled him for 10 years. And that's part of what the whole story is. But it gave more of a story of her as a young girl growing up in a family in such, um, you know, historical like expectations. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like you're in, you're a part of a royal family. Um, there's so much cultural differences and it's just, if you love the concept of Song of Achilles where you get passion in, um, like mythology, that's exactly what you'll get in Kayakai because it's not necessarily passion of love with another person, but it's just passion of love of your country, your land, your, your, um, kingdom, and just a really, really cool story. And as well as you're getting like gods and goddesses interfering into the lives as well. So super, super good. Emily, you're an expert on retellings. Come over here. Do you have any other books that you would recommend uh, if someone liked The Song of Achilles? If you like Greek retelling specifically, um, A Thousand Ships is really good. Mm -hmm. um, Stone Blind just came out. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I, know so I mean, Emily is writing a retelling. Oh, yeah, that's true. So someday you can pick up hers. It'll be called How Iphigenia Met the Stars or Iphigenia or, you know, it just depends on how you, who you ask how you say her name. Um, other retellings. Skin of the Sea is a YA retelling about the figure of Mamiwada, which is mm -hmm. like, I think, West African folklore. Okay. Nettle um, and Bone's kind of like a dark fairy tale. Yeah, retelling. but it's not retelling, though. Not exactly. If but I feel like they're getting pretty loose nowadays. Like, Gothel was really loose. Yes, that was a really yeah. good... I love the book of Gothel. That was so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. There's so many. I could take you through our sections and be like, this one, this one, Daughters of Sparta, which mm -hmm. she's got another one coming out soon. Something Perseus. I just got it in the mail from the publisher, and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> um, there is a um, sort of... It is not a retelling, but Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow has this whole thread of like Hector, you know, and oh. the treasure war. And there's Why like, did I just read that was really Hector based? And there's like a character in it who's like mm -hmm. considered sort of the non-essential character and they call him like Hector. Basically he's the Hector of the story. And sort of the twist on it, right, is that Hector really is the best character. And I always thought that. Like, when I was in college, I loved Hector. And, in fact, my husband and I actually always had Hector on the name. I'm having like, deja vu. Did you talk about this before? Yeah. So I felt very okay. validated in my love of Hector when I read um, Tomorrow, Tomorrow, and Tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So it's not a retelling. But if you're into, like, the Greek mythology thing and you loved the Iliad, and you loved Hector. Right. You should retell. And not even just out. necessarily retellings, but taking um so like Iron Widow by do you wanna say do you know how to say the right her name? I don't wanna mess it up. Uh, I don't it looks like Zeron J. Zhao. That's what I was thinking, but I wanted to double check. Um it's more just taking in like the concept of um oh gosh, what's the word? It's like the T one that I read, but <laughs> It starts with a T? No. Like, What's everybody's favorite kind of tea? tea? I like Earl Grey. Um, oh, Sunshine Matcha? No, I'm not, not actual tea. <laughs> Let's just start naming teas. Rachel, yeah. is this helpful? <laughs> Chamomile. Lemon, verbena. <laughs> While you look that up, some Peach other... Peach blossom. <laughs> other good retellings I thought of were... Black tea. Uh, Six Crimson Cranes. That one's oh, pretty fun. Oh, nice. we're selling a lot of that to schools right now too. Yeah, nah, I think the kids are really into it. It's and, really um, folklore. That was the word. Folklore. <laughs> There's not a T in that. No, I was talking about the book that I wasn't talking about the letter T. I was not. Yeah, you did. You, no, you literally I meant, said T. Yes, I meant the book with T. Like a magic steeped in poison. It revolves about like. The like <laughs> practice of tea in Chinese culture and folklore. So you so, forgot the name of the genre. Good cover. Okay, yes, wait. It was the genre. That's what I'm saying. I think of. I mean that no, in two so ways. So that's why Iron Widow. It's like the folklore. If you're wanting, and that one's you know that um, word fantasy. You said earlier. 
couldn't think of it. My brain speed. Oh my god! I just I'm done. You guys can figure this shit out the rest of yourselves. One of my favorite. I did not expect it to be folklore. <laughs> what? I wasn't talking about the letter I was T. Like, I was like, is there a god or goddess? This isn't my no. genre. I'm just gonna nod along. One of my favorite retellings. It's a very loose retelling, but it's Naomi Novik's Spinning Silver, and it's oh, so yeah. good. Right? I've heard that that's very good. Yeah, it's a Rumpelstiltskin retelling, but. You love Rumpelstiltskin in this one. So. I love Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of impartial. Did you love him in Once Upon a Time? No, I just actually like just like saying his name. I don't give a shit about Rumpelstiltskin. Well, you have to be careful with saying his name. That's how he appears, right? Like Beetlejuice. Ooh. Oh, it yeah. sounds like foreskin. I'm sorry. I'm more, I'm more into <laughs> the rest. That's why you like saying the name. It's funny. <laughs> I like like I like like Bronte retellings. So like when people redo like Pride and Prejudice and like all that, that's more my jam. That's awesome. Like, like ten things I hate about you. That's Austin. Yeah, but throw like that back era. To the oh, okay. Austin. I was like, oh, who's the yeah, tea person I'm more now? Of, like, my British. Retelling, like, you let's know. throw back to the 90s. Yeah, Taming I mean, that was, shrimp. yeah, yeah. Uh, 10 things I hate about you. Yeah. That's what I just said, Rachel. And oh, that's when like Omar Abs and all them did oh, when it was Othello. Uh, she's mm. the man is also a uh, that was Mackay Pfeiffer. Yeah. There's Mackay Pfeiffer. So, in 10 things I hate about you, there's this opening scene where they're driving mm-hmm. and they pause like in front of and there's like the cityscape in the background. My friend Jess lives in that neighborhood, like right at that intersection. Shut up. She doesn't live at the intersection. The intersection is in her neighborhood. Okay. So I'm going to Seattle next week. I know. And I'm going to see her. And I'm, I'm going to go to the intersection. I've already been a couple of times. Oh, I'm so sad right now. Are you going to go to the troll under the bridge? I'm going to try to do all the Seattle things, but I'm going to be very busy, but I'm going to try to do so the Seattle sad. things. Mm-hmm. I so love Seattle. You know what? I'll be in yeah, Seattle not... in the summer, so. Yeah. I Seattle will... is the shit. We're seriously you ta- looking at maybe moving there if, you know, the culture and climate for teachers keeps you going. You can't move. If we, if we were going to move anywhere, yeah, that's... that's probably where we would move. No. That area. Mike, can't Mike and move. I talked about Pacific Northwest. No. Too. I mean, I can't now Pacific because Northwest. I had a baby called Dog Eared Books. So I can't. Oh, it's my favorite area. Okay. okay. Now, shifting gears. I'm glad my mom died. Oh, Ellen just dolloped champagne and bubbles. Well, Amanda left glitter on the floor. Oh, What's I'm glad worse? my mom died. Yeah. <laughs> that one's really good. Okay, so one comp I would give to this is Wild Game by Adrian Broder, which is one of the best. Um, memoirs I've ever read and it's about her mother and when Adrienne was growing up her mother um, has an affair with her with Adrienne's stepfather's Mm. best friend so these Mm. couples are like best friends and her mom has this long-standing affair with this guy and she loops Adrienne in on it she's Mm. like tells like spills all the tea to her and it's adrian's job from the from a very young age like 13 or 14 to sort of conceal this affair and cover for her mom and so it's about this very dysfunctional mother-daughter relationship um but man it's so good it is so good um that sounds i really like dysfunctional mother-daughter relationships um if you, you enjoy reading about them or being I, in them? Well, <laughs> well, both. Yeah, same. Oh, there it but, is. <laughs> like, um, if you, yeah, if this is kind of your jam and you really enjoyed, I'm glad my mom died. Um, I can't recommend Nora McInerney enough. Um, Nora McInerney is an author originally out of the Twin Cities, um, now in Phoenix. She became famous for a podcast that became um, nationally syndicated called Terrible Thanks for Asking. Her newest book is called Bad Vibes Only, but she oh, writes a yeah, lot about that, grief. Stories, right? Yeah. She writes a lot about grief, but she's got like five or six books and I've read them all. Her audiobooks are great. So if you subscribe to Libra FM, I would really listen to her voice. But Nora's backstory, her original book is about her life and her first husband died of brain cancer and they knew he had it when they got married and she became famous writing his obituary. And then she miscarried and her dad died all within a two month period. So she lost her husband, her dad and this baby. And Jesus. so, yeah, she, she became famous by saying like, when people ask you, like, are you okay? They really want you to say yes, or how are you? And you, you're supposed to say fine. But she finally started replying with terrible things for asking. And so she specifically tells the unhappy stories of life and, um, 
It really felt like a lot of Jeanette McCurdy's book is definitely, I mean, it was not an upper, but everyone, like we did it for a teacher book club and it was our, our one where we have the most people show up because there's something therapeutic about knowing you're not the only one in the room going through like hard shit and that it's like somewhat normalizes that like families aren't always like picture perfect. And I feel like Norm McInerney is another author. And again, she has five or six books, but her newest ones, bad vibes only. We do have it in the store in the bio memoir section. And, um, she is equally funny too. So I, I know it sounds like a, a downer, but I would say she's really alike with Jeanette McCurdy in that you're going to chuckle and laugh and like snort while you're reading about sad shit, which is mm-hmm. kind of good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause Jeanette McCurdy has that sort of like levity to her writing yeah. that I think makes it digestible enough. Yeah. That know? self-deprecating, like, Hey, my mom like punched a hole through the kitchen cupboard. <laughs> like, like she kind of like does this and, she was horrible to me in this pediatrician's office and you're both horrified, but also like you're kind of respect the humor she sees in the situation yeah. too. Uh, speaking of like celebrity memoirs, like if you're thinking like, I liked that because I kind of knew her from iCarly and I like having that connection. Gabrielle Union's latest one, like got anything stronger was really good. And as someone who's reaching that age, if which I'm over 40 now team, um, she really <laughs> talks about, you don't look it right. Thanks. Don't worry. Ellen's almost there. She talks about um, (laughs) like what it means to be like a woman post-menopause in um, Hollywood and like the pressures and then her own personal health and her mental health in it. And then she talks about their trans daughter and like what it um, the impact on the black community and the celebrity black community around them. And so I really think like that one, like, yes, it's a celebrity memoir, but it has way more meat than people realize because she willingly tackles like some pretty tough topics that I think um, kind of reminds me of the Jeanette McCurdy book. And it's more the second one got a little more personal than than her first. But it was a good, good one, too. Excellent. Well, we have more comps, but we're running out of time. So if you know some good comps to any of these books or other popular books, you can post them in the comments. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about some new releases. So um, Cast by Isabel Wilkerson, which has been out for a long time in hardcover, is now out in paperback. Oh, yeah. That one's been really popular. It's so good. I've read it. Isabel Wilkerson run, won the Pulitzer Prize for journalism. So Cast is real. The premise of it is really that, like, <clears throat> um, there is this hierarchy that exists in every society. And in American mm-hmm. society, there's a hierarchy that exists. It has a lot to do with race. Um, and what's really interesting about it is, you know, a lot of times when I'm like frustrated at the news, I'm like, why do people vote against their own interests? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why would you vote for someone who's going to harm you personally? And she talks about that a lot in her book. And her her thesis is that if I, as long as I maintain my place in the hierarchy, I'm willing to shoot myself in the foot. Like I, mm. as long as I can be at the top of the hierarchy or maintain my place, not lower myself in the hierarchy, I don't care what happens to me. And it's a really interesting premise. So that's an excellent book. Um, coming out new this week, The Climate Book by Greta Thunberg. So we all know Greta. Um, and <laughs> Yeah, we're besties with Greta. We know. We're really good friends with Greta. Um, so this is sort of a collection of different experts. So she talks to like oceanographers, engineers, economists, philosophers. She talks to indigenous leaders. And so all these different perspectives about how we can address climate change and the looming climate. Or I would say, you know, we're in the midst of a climate disaster. Um, And so it kind of talks about all these different perspectives, but also how we do have the ability to alleviate this issue. Mm -hmm. Um, Not new, but out in reissued. It's the full Sarah J. Moss Throne of Glass series. Wait, reissued? They're reissued. They have new covers. Oh, I was thinking of Akatar. They had reissued those ones too. So they're updating them. Yeah, it's an updated version. Okay, cool. And then we have Take the Lead. This is Romance by I Alexis Daria. I love Alexis Daria. Okay. And this is a reissue as well. So actually. this is kind of like the da- Dancing with the Stars sort of premise. So she's a great romance writer. Um, her book, You Had Me at Ola, was one of my favorite rom coms. Um, 
So I'm truly excited about this. And it did come out a few years ago, but this is kind of like a revamp because I believe it was more in like a Kindle mass market looking cover. So they're giving it a new face and the cover is gorgeous. But Gina Morales wants to make it big. Um, In her four seasons as like on the show of the dance off, she never made it to the finals. Um, And her new partner um, is like the sexy star of this Alaskan wilderness show. And she thinks like this is her opportunity to get it done. So who like, she was like really surprised by this, like silent strong type. Like that's like when, if you watch dancing (laughs) with the stars, everybody's like, there's no way this tall lanky, like basketball player or football player are going to make it. Well, the football players, let me tell you, they do so well on dancing with the the stars. Well, the Alaskan wilderness star, maybe you wouldn't think that. I mean, he's got like. Maybe you would think he's really good at chopping down trees or hunting grizzlies But like how is his survival like type uh, personality going to help with that? But his name's Stone Nielsen. Stone. And so uh, the producer wants to make it like they're being set up for a showman's, which is common. Like that happens. Um, So it's a celebrity (laughs) dance competition is the last thing he wants to be part of. And he'll basically do whatever to help his family um, because he doesn't want like their secrets to be revealed. So it's kind of sweet. And um, while the fast pace of L.A. makes him like want his home and the privacy of that. He kind of likes the attraction for his dance partner. So, mm-mm-mm. so <laughs> neither wants to fake the romance for the cameras, but the chemistry is there and you can't only hide you so can't much. Deny it. You can't deny Ellen, it. you're being sassy with this. This is serious ish. It is stone cold serious. <laughs> oh my God. And he's a stone Amanda, cold Amanda, where are you? He's know a what? stone cold fox. Amanda trot. would just be as bad as you right he's now. A so, stone never mind. Cold fox I love trot. you, Amanda. But no, I'm really excited about it. I actually talked it up to a lot of my friends and they were excited about it. Um, We were going to have it as our book club pick, but then it didn't come out soon enough because of the reissue. So I still have it on my TBR and I know many of them do because we still wanted to read it after discussing about it. So, okay. Now we're talking. What's popping at the store? What's popping at the store is today is Valentine's Day and we have blind date with a book. So you can come by the store and you can like see the dating profile of each of these books. And we also have cocktails today. So that's all yeah. for today. It's a good it's a good one. The drink's delicious. Yes. And I wrote a lot of the bios for the books. So Ellen you had a lot of good. fun with it. I'm let me just tell you. I <laughs> Mariah did a lot of it too. It was a joint effort. Okay. Uh Wednesday, ten o'clock, story hour with Brit. What? Are you doing story hour next week? Oh yeah. I'm doing story hour. Bring your children. I'm going to try not to swear. Actually, no, it's not. Bring your children. Never mind. It's not Britt. It's Amanda. Britt is next week. <laughs> oh, correct. I am the 22nd. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Amanda will still be here. And so maybe Britt be... is in the next week. Amanda's Amanda week. is tomorrow at 10 o'clock. And then Thursday, the 16th at 10 o'clock, Dog Eared Book Club with me. Discussing Yay. Everyone in My Family Has Killed Someone by Benjamin Stevenson. That's such a good book. Don't let me, let me be part of that book club. Well, come. I'll be now there. Now you know I'm when working. it is. Okay. Now you know. Friday, 17th, 7 o'clock, Found in Translation Book Club, Discussing Here the Whole Time by Victor Martins. Saturday, the 18th from 10 to 12, Writer's Lab, starring Emily Riley, talking about generating story ideas. Actually, she says, tell us more, Emily. So one of the coolest things about the Writer's Lab is that the host changes every week. That way you get, we all get to learn from each other. And it's Kelly Fitzgerald showing us how to do stories this week. Nice. And she's going to bring super cool materials. She's bringing something called a story deck. And you draw cards and piece together different parts to create story prompts. Prompts? Eh, words are hard. Anyway, it's going to be so fun. Please come. <laughs> And then Sunday, the 19th at 2 o'clock, we have Cafe Philosophy discussing empathy and imagination with Chad. Yay, Chad. Yay, Chad. Okay. Thanks for joining us. Keep the champagne flowing. Champagne? The champagne. The champagne flowing (laughs) and the books going. (laughs) Cheers. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow. 
Because you want to find out what's happening in Dogger Books every single week. Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at, at Dog Eared Books Ames or at Dog Eared Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so great. <laughs>